Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. This is your host, Frank LaRosa. I almost forgot that for a second, but welcome to the show. As always, I'm joined here by my COO, CIO, or actually CKO, Chief Knowledge Officer, Chief Operating Officer. He doesn't like the knowledge officer. Well, you know what? I'm going to be the Chief Holiday Officer on this one. How about that? You're like a genie. I'm going to call you the genie because if you rub the bottle, you get all these answers to questions. One of our new associates is calling me the Beard of Knowledge. You know, by the like way, that. the by beard the way, of knowledge. It's from that TV show Pawn Stars, which is funny because my relatives sort of dress like this guy Got it. from the okay. TV show. Anyway, we, you, we, no, we, you we digress. Move on. We digress. <laughs> We're gonna move on. That went south really fast. <laughs> anyway, everybody, welcome to the show. If you're new to our show, we generally don't start off like that. But welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa where we really just try to get down into the weeds of conversations that we're having with advisors all over the country on a daily basis. I think we do business in all 50 states. And so we're really hearing different things from different advisors, seeing all sorts of deals and firms and you name it. And so we try to bring that information in a general conversation to our audience. With some personality. With some personality, which is great. We generally try not to bring firms on to you know, pitch their, their newfound whatever. It's really about you as the advisor. And so we hope you find it informative for those of you that are back again We really thank you. We thank you for smashing the like button on iTunes, checking us out on YouTube, following my Instagram account at franklarosa.elite. I think you don't have one or is it? I'm working on a Discord page for all. (laughs) It's just double secret. So uh, anyway, so today I think what I wanted to talk about today, as we sort of get into wrapping up the third quarter of the year, and we are really busier than we've ever been with more and more advisors looking to transition to the transition firms, right? For all different reasons. And there's not one firm isn't, you know, bad over another firm, maybe just not be right for you or be right for you at the moment or whatever the situation is. But this is a very interesting time of the year to be making a move because candidly, there are a lot of firms out there that have a lot of cash on hand and they're looking to spend that money. Yeah, doing this long enough now to where if, okay. So, Are you looking so at I'm looking at your shirt because I just noticed there's a button that doesn't correlate with your collar. You feel it. Oh, it's yeah, it does. It's in here. You can actually button that up. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, so anyway, if I'm an advisor. So for those of you that didn't pick up on that and aren't watching us on YouTube, Dale just kept staring me down. And I'm going, what the fuck is he looking at? I know, I'm, lo- I'm looking at your, you know, look like you have, you know, like one of those collars where you I'm can- wearing, you I'm can really button, casual today, so. You can button the collar. It's to, a button. It's a button. It's like a see, button. See, I didn't. And then I, I'm trying to find where does that button to your collar and I couldn't see it, but that's pretty clever. It's right underneath you, so there you, you go. don't see Secret. it. I like that. Secret. I like that. It's pretty cool. Secret. Anyway. anyway, so- you know, I've been doing this for a while. If I'm an advisor in the business and looking at certain firms, there's a lot of them that, and you can tell us the reasons, mm. the economics change and almost, you know, 
really, if I'm doing it, it's probably the best time of the year to mm-hmm. consider making a change because all of a sudden the economics start to get a little bit better for whatever reason. What? Well, the re- <laughs> <laughs> there's all sorts of reasons. And so really, I always say that, you know, my expression is tis the season to hit the bid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It peaks. Oh, it peaks. And you know, for those of you that wonder why, it's not like some special magic, but there's just some general things that happen. Okay. Firms are trying to, you know, hit bonuses, right? So if you're running a recruiting department at a firm, you probably have bonuses that are tied to recruiting AUM, headcount, AUM, that kind of thing. And so you're gonna be a little bit looser with the purse strings and aggressive with getting guys to come on board if they're willing to move before the end of the year. And when I say the end of the year, what I really mean by that is roughly around December 20th or 21st when FINRA shuts down, because after that, you can't transfer your license. So no one's going to hire you right after that, right? So you have you have firms that are trying to hit their sort of year-end numbers, especially if you have a firm that is partially or fully owned or semi-owned by a PE firm, they're going to be squeezing them to make sure that they're hitting their numbers. If it's a public company, the analysts are going to be looking at them to make sure they hit their AUM numbers. And so there's that. And they need to buy assets to maintain those higher levels. And the quickest way to do that at the end of the year, if you're going to fall short, is to go out and be aggressive and recruit advisors with big assets. So they tend to be more aggressive at the end of the year. If you are working with recruiters, not a firm like ours, where you know the deal doesn't, to a degree, doesn't really matter. We want our clients to get the best deal possible, as we call it the elite deal, right? There are some firms. I'm going to say that to, to it's the elite so, deal. I I'm tell certain firms that all the time. I, I was with a firm two weeks ago and was with the president of the company, the founder of the company. And I said, yeah, I understand that's the deal that you give everybody else's clients, right. but we get a different deal. We don't expect an elite. They use a different pen and a, a different, different pen checkbook and, to, yeah. write, to write the deal. It's a, it comes from a different checkbook. Exactly. So is there anything with taxes to do with that? I could be off here, but I, I thought- Well, you know, look, firms want to, depends on how much money they've made, you know, writing some of that stuff off, writing, you know, bigger checks. I'm not, I'm oh, not going okay. to get into the tax- Well, no, I've just, deals, I've, just I've just heard about, you know, like that could play a factor. It does. Or, it's really more simplistic than that. <laughs> This is a human capital business. And it's really about human capital. Right. And are you going to hit your bonus? Or are you not going to hit your right. bonus if I don't recruit this million dollar producer? Right. Right. That goes for branch managers. That goes for, you know, regional managers, divisional directors at wirehouse firms and retail firms. That goes for if you're at a firm or you're working with a firm that has like regional recruiting directors on the independent side, they all have bonuses based on hitting their target numbers, their target goals. And are you going to hit that goal? You're not going to hit that goal. And if you're, you know, if you're working with somebody and you're working direct with them, which is a candidly a benefit of working with us, because we can push those envelopes all the time, no matter what. But there may come times where you work with somebody and they've already hit their goal. And so they're maybe trying to sandbag you a little bit. So they're not trying to push as hard for you, even though the firm is trying to push hard to bring assets in. You know, we get calls. The reason why I talk about this is because I got three calls in the last two weeks with firms telling us, hey, we are, and I'm not going to go into the firms and I'm not going to go into deals. One, because those firms wouldn't necessarily want that. Two, because every deal is a little different based on the practice that we're looking at, right? And three, I want you to call me so that we can go over <laughs> the deal in person. 
So maybe you're having the same thing happen that I'm having happen, which is uh, firms calling me up saying, hey, it's, you know, it's the end of the year. We're thinking about doing actually two things, which is interesting. One, we're thinking about paying elite a little bit more. And we're thinking about paying advisors a little bit more. Yeah. What the conversation often is, well, that's great, but that's not probably not a factor for any one of us. It needs to be the right practice. Right, like we're, but- exactly, in the right time. And we're not going to force an advisor to make a transition. And no advisor should want to make a transition faster than they feel comfortable because the firm's going to waive you know, 10% more at them. Right. But, but it's something to consider. So if you plan this out the right way. No, right. That's right, the whole point. This is the peak right. generally. Because on the flip side of that, what ends up happening in the first quarter of next year, firms actually go the opposite because they're not sure what's in store for the year, whether it's going to be a good recruiting year, bad recruiting year, what the markets are going to do. And so they want to keep their powder dry for, you know, big opportunities and all that stuff. So, you know, starting to negotiate a deal and a transition in the first quarter, sometimes you're going to get a little bit lower deal. On the flip side of that, if I was a private equity company, I just had this thought. Okay, here we go. Yeah. I would never buy or do a deal at the end of the year. I would do it in Q1 or Q2. Really? Why is that? (laughs) no exactly like if you're so this conversation is really geared towards our clients the financial advisor and so you're the buyer right you i want to use a really old school example and and i'm not to diminish any type of advisor transition but just to get you to understand this it's like when you go buy a car right the best time to buy a car is on the last saturday of the last day of the month because all those firms, if they don't sell all those dealerships, if they don't sell those cars, they're paying a whole nother month's worth of F&I, the floor planning for those cars to be on that lot. So there's a reason why they're more aggressive at the end of the month. Candidly, it's no different in financial services. If you're trying to be really aggressive and you've planned, right? And so you have the time to transition the right way. Transitioning advisor practice has gotten easier. The reason why we're seeing more advisors moving ever than ever before is because clients are, more of them are moving, right? Because of COVID and all that stuff, they're more tied to their own advisor, but they're also moving faster because they're now used to technology, e-signature, Zoom calls, all those things. They're not, they don't need to come to the office anymore. So they're moving much faster. And so if you're planning the right way, maybe you need 90 days, 60 days. Maybe if you have a, depending on the size book that you have, but you, you could afford yourself to wait three months or you know, whatever the number is to hit the bid, right? It's sort of predictable. Yeah, right. So it's not really rocket science. And my point is, if you're thinking about making a move and you're not sure what to do, and whether it's the Q4, or Q1, a couple of other things you need to look at also is, are you doing any money? If you're, you know, candidly, if you're due money in February, let's just say of some deferred comp or yeah, something like that. Yeah. You want to bring that up in the conversation because there are some firms that will just pick up that cost for you as long as you can move before the end of the year. Now, why does deferred comp come out in February and not November? Are the the two are not correlated or? No, because they're paying deferred comp based on your total year's production, Um, right? That's why. So they calculate it. And it takes them a couple of months. Yeah, because, you know, they're they're in financial services, so it takes a long time (laughs) to do the math, right? Watch out, blockchain ledger technology. <laughs> yeah, up. yeah, okay, right. sure. But you know that's why they want them to stay a little bit longer. But the point is, so you, you got to do that math. But use that information of your deferred comp, whatever it is, 
on looking at your calendar, understanding what's coming in and what's not coming in, figuring out when you're getting paid, right? When is the right time to move? Is it November? Like I, I think a great time to move, arguably probably one of the better times to move is the first few weeks, well, really between now and the, the second week in November. And then there's a period of time right after Thanksgiving that's a really good time to move. Just because once you get into the second week of December, which you can't move anyway, but you don't want to be focusing on that stuff, right? Yeah. And then you don't, you definitely don't want to be stuck at the end of, well, in the middle of December, but really at the end of when you can transition, trying to get everything done in a fire sale either. You you don't want to be doing that, right? But listen, the whole point of this conversation was to open everybody's eyes to the simplistic rationale as to why it makes a lot of sense economically to transition at the end of the year. Simply put, the firms have have the money, not necessarily more money, right? Because they had the same money, but maybe they were holding on to it a little too long. Yeah. And the other thing too, which I, I actually dealt with at one point is that if you're working for a firm and they've allocated a certain amount of money towards recruiting and that division, let's say, doesn't use all that money, right? Hey, we've allocated, you know, $500 million towards recruiting and you're rolling into the end of the year and you've only used 300 million of it. Well, the fear is that, oh shit, maybe next year they're going to ratchet that back. We only need 300. Right. You only need 300 last year. You only used, so I'm going to give you 300 this year. Meanwhile, so there's all of those <laughs> things that go into play that you as the advisor are in the catbird seat. Like you really are in the catbird seat right now. And look, candidly, you need to be working with a firm like ours that knows all of these things, that knows how to deal with that. You know, I understand part of this is because I used to build out the deals, right? Our head of business development, Kevin Frank, was a former recruiter for Cetera. He had to build out his pro formas to go to finance to get the deals done. So he understands too. We come from a unique position with our knowledge and experience to help advisors negotiate the best deals possible because we know how all the levers, we know what levers can be pulled, which ones can be pushed, how, why, how to have the conversation with the recruiter or the manager on here's here's what we want to do and here's what you can do to get the deal to where we need it to be. You can leverage our relationship too, which is often something that advisors overlook. So they'll think to themselves, why do I need you? I know so-and-so from the local Mm. manager from so-and-so firm. I've known him for 30 years or I've known her since I started my career. Well, the reality is, yeah, that's one relationship, but the relationship of our company, which is you know, a much bigger relationship than just one person or one branch. Part of the way we're able to do that, especially with the larger firms out there, is to, you know, get them to understand, well, we need something special done for this particular advisor above and beyond what you would typically do. And they treat our relationship different. That's true. Look, we'll say that with some humility, right? Absolutely. We we appreciate that. Yes. We put a lot of effort in. It is true. And we certainly thank those firms for doing that, you know, in, in sort of providing the elite deal. But that's true. And again, I'm not saying that's why- you, There's a lot of gratitude. That, yeah, there's a lot of gratitude. I, I say that with there, a lot so of I don't gratitude. Want to come, I don't want that to come across the wrong way. But the fact of the matter is, when you work with a firm like ours, having us represent you does carry some weight. We have the knowledge, but it does carry some weight. So, you know, the knowledge of this call, all the little things that go into this, you know, I've been in those meetings, I've been in the rooms, I know how to do the calls, I know how to run the, the pro formas and all those things. So anyway, listen, I don't want to belabor the topic. The bottom line is if you're on the fence about whether or not you're going to make a move this year, I would really tell you that if you're serious about making a move, 
and you're like, ah, maybe I'll do in the fourth quarter, maybe I'll do in the first quarter, unless you have some huge deferred comp thing coming in the first quarter, you're going to put more money in your pocket if you move in the fourth quarter. So anyway, with that said, thank you for joining us. We hope it was informative. I know it came out a little bit fast, but it's a pretty cool topic. It's a timely topic. So if you want to talk about what your ideas are and what your plans are for this year, give us a call, 856-316-4651 for myself and for Dale, it's 4653, Dale or Frank at Either one of us, check us out on my Instagram account, which is franklarosa.elite. We got some great stuff on there, some great motivational stuff. That's great. So just follow me on there. Don't forget to go to iTunes, smash that like button, light it up. I'm going to start saying light it up. I like that. Light it up. Light up that like button. Man, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> ring ding dong on the U-team page. <laughs> right. Let's hear those sleigh bells. Exactly. Yeah. Let's hear those sleigh bells. Leave some great <laughs> comments. And as always, email us questions and thoughts that you want us to talk about. We're always here. They're timely conversations. So thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time. Good talk. Good talk. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.